Welcome to another episode of Smart Psychology. I hope you're doing all right out there. I hope you're staying safe and keeping your family safe. So this is your host, Jonas. This marks the second episode of uh, my podcast journey. Today, it is Saturday, June 6th. It is 12 days after the homicide of George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man who died in Minneapolis, Minnesota, after Derek Chauvin, who was a white police officer, who fatally knelt on his neck for almost nine minutes while he was laying down, handcuffed, surrounded by three other police officers on the street. This was a very tragic thing to happen, and it should have never happened. This just reflects the gravity of the system and the police force in America in general. American police forces killed three people per day in 2019 for a total of nearly a thousand and a hundred killings. Those numbers are far, far higher than any other wealthy Western country like England and Germany. So I'll just give you a, a little comparison. So according to the Guardian newspaper who reported in back in 2015 that there were uh, a total of 55 fatal police shootings in England and Wales between 1990 and 2014. Um, and only 15 people were fatally shot by German police between 2010 and 2011. So the US, the U.S. population is about six times that of England and Wales and four times that of Germany. According to mapping police violence data, December and January were the months with the most uh, police killings last year. In December alone, there were 110 people that were killed by the police. In January, the figure was 105. But the month with the fewest deaths uh, was 80 people that were killed by the police. So out of all these killings that happened, uh, George Floyd case, among other, many other cases, uh, was the fastest to ever be uh, processed in court. And the police officer was found guilty. And his charge now, I think it stands in second-degree murder. I'm not really sure what the other three police officers are facing in terms of charges. So in this episode, what I want to do is delve into this uh, really crazy thing called racism in relation with psychology, and especially in America. So calling someone a racist is a serious accusation with powerful psychological effects. So such a label should only be used when there is compelling evidence to support it, as there is no better way to lose a potential ideological ally than by calling them a racist when they are not. So that being said, it is just as harmful to a society to pretend that racism doesn't exist and that it, and that it isn't a massive problem. But what do we mean exactly when we say someone is racist? An even better question is, what are the neural and psychological characteristics of a racist mind? So we have to analyze the pathways in the brain 
in order to understand the thought pattern and the behavior pattern that leads to things like killing other people from other ethnicities. Uh, we can better understand how this nasty idea is created and potentially how to mitigate it and how to turn the world into a better place. Alright, so first of all, how do we know that racial biases actually exist? So while some may claim that they have no biases, a clever psychological experiment provides objective evidence supporting the notion that the vast majority of us do. So in the implicit bias task, so the implicit bias which is also known as the social cognition. It, it kind of refers to the combination of, of attitudes and stereotypes that affect our understandings, um, actions, and decisions uh, toward a certain group of people. So uh, in this bias task, so participants are shown words on a computer screen like happy, fear, uh, which they must uh, categorize as positive or negative. So the results that come afterwards is that if a black face is quickly flashed before the words, so people will be uh, faster to correctly categorize negative words, while the same people will be quicker to correctly categorize posi positive words when they follow white faces. So these troubling findings suggest that over 75% of whites and agents have an implicit racial cognition. This affects how they process information and perceive the social world around them. So they have like kind of a twisted view of the world which they don't really consciously uh, recognize in themselves. So, but however, this, this bias is subconscious and implicit, whether or not it leads to overly racist attitudes and behavior depends on an interplay between different brain areas so specifically those that create feelings of fear and promote uh, tribalism and those that help us regulate and suppress those bad instincts so in order to get a better picture of racism and how it forms its pathways in the brain uh, there was a brain imaging study that showed that people who display an implicit bias have a stronger electrical response to black or other face or other race faces in an area of the brain known as the amygdala, which is a structure responsible for processing emotional stimuli and eliciting a fearful or anxious mental state. So an over-exaggerated amygdala response is part of what creates the sudden visceral or gut feeling of being scared and that feeling of fear has additional psychological effects that promote prejudice so it is well established that when one feels this welfare of being threatened they tend to become more tribal in their behavior and they show aggression towards people from other uh, races and additionally, it bolsters their cultural or national 
worldviews since it is those uh, worldviews that make them feel safe. In essence, nationalism and prejudice um, are knee-jerk responses to anxiety. But here's the good news. This doesn't happen to everyone in the United States. Not everyone is racist. So in people with healthy functioning brains, the, the fast amygdala response activates a region of the brain known as the prefrontal cortex, which is uh, slower and plays a regulatory role when the fear system is triggered. Dorsolateral prefrontal cortex and the interior cingulate co cortex the brain exercises um, cognitive control, suppressing inappropriate or prejudiced comments or judgments or behaviors. behaviors. So the problem is, is not everyone has a healthy functioning prefrontal cortex. And these people are the ones whose biases control them. They cannot reason those fearful surges away because they lack the cognitive mechanisms that normally allow people to do so. So the, the brain imaging study have found links between impaired prefrontal lobe function and religious fundamentalism. While, while uh, correlation does not imply causation, uh, a statistical connection between the two would suggest that a religious extremism and in intolerance for dissimilar others share brain dysfunction com uh, commonalities. So the study have also shown that, that uh, those suffering from addiction to drugs like alcohol and uh, drugs have poor free frontal circuitry, meaning they have greater difficulty keeping their prejudices, prejudices and, and tribal instincts in check. So generally speaking, those who have uh, trouble self-regulating their emotions and controlling their fears are the ones who have likely to um, to cause uh, greater damage to, say, for example, cause uh, racist views and, and, and make drama and cause conflict between different races. So the question that we should all be asking ourselves is that do we understand the science underlying racism and what can we do about it? Well, so one of the prominent and fascinating features of the brain is uh, plasticity or the ability to be rewired in response to new incoming information from the environment and new experiences. Uh, so through exposure to new stimuli, new synaptic connections can be formed, creating neural pathways that can promote uh, a restructuring of old and rigid belief systems. So additionally, cognitive exercises like focused breathing and meditation can train the prefrontal cortex to attenuate the amygdala and control these bad instincts. I myself, I like to do uh, meditation sometimes. I'm not uh, great at it, but I always try to improve. Okay, but uh, let's see. So, um, I want to end this episode by saying that uh, we should always try to seek justice and 
and understand the psychology behind racism because it's a very serious matter and I hope that these uh, things will change and that the system in the United States as a whole and the police force will change and we won't be faced with uh, tragic deaths in the future like this again. Uh, thank you for listening and uh, I'll see you in the next.